You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I just love this show that we're going to be doing for you today, and we hope that you will glean a message out of this show that will just raise the vibration in your heart, in your life, to greater realizations and to choices and options as we do a program with Kristen J. Lloyd. And Kristen, I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I met Kristen, met you through Dr. John Skidmore, who is a clinical psychologist and moving into the full-time coaching arena and who is also a performance coach professor at Brigham Young University, where Kristen is becoming a Music, tell me again what that, because I've never heard that major before. So tell uh, me what that is. It's kind of hidden in the the music department, but it's uh, a very, uh, it's getting more popular all the time. It's commercial music. uh, Okay, you're going to have to tell me what that's all about. It's basically everything that has to do with recording music, kind of the business side of music, Mm -hmm. where, you know, doing film scores, anything that is a commercial uh, commercially created music. That is what that is. Well, I will tell you that they're going to have to, somebody's going to have to write a whole beautiful, amazing production to go with the songs that you've written. Thank and you. I've got, I, I wanted to have you come and do this interview, Kristen, because when I heard your song, Dr. Skinmore sent me a link to it and I just sat in my car and cried. I loved it. It just hit me so hard. And I, I told you, Boy, from that moment on, I just loved you, and I was a fan and a follower. Oh, thank you. So we're so excited to have you here today. But you know what? Your song is called, that you're going to be sharing with us a little bit later, it's called My Brave. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole story just in the title. I know that there is so much to that title and and then to the lyrics. The lyrics are so profound and beautiful and and sweeping. They just they just swept through me. Um, I'm a lyricist myself. And so I just love to listen to lyrics. And then the absolute beautiful instrumental and your voice, your voice is just kind of like Carly Simon. It's just like a beautiful Carly Simon voice, but very (laughs) uniquely your own. So we're going to go right into your story. And what, what propelled you and catalysted you into having to find your brave? Well, um, I think that's the thing that's been kind of interesting for me is when I think about the song, My Brave, when I wrote it, I didn't even realize uh, how important or what a a big theme it was in my life. And really, as I, after I wrote the song, getting to understand it for myself was kind of like a way of um, understanding my experience, what I went through, and to realize that being brave has been like a big theme for me ever since um, a certain part of my life, which I'll uh, lead up to, but to just kind of uh, give a, a, a rough sense of what my, uh, how my life's set up. Um, I, I look at it as most people experience three different uh, stages in their life, childhood, teenhood, and adulthood. I experienced it a little differently. It was polygamy, dairy farming, and train robbing. And initially when you first- That's going to get everybody's attention right off the bat. Yes, yes. And and I, I'm sure that the, your first reaction when you hear, oh, polygamy, dairy farming, and train robbing, and on what those emotional like, journeys through each stage must have been for me, that the polygamy must have been terrible. Dairy farming, that sounds like kind of fun. And 
train robbing. What on earth are you talking about? <laughs> but um, with the polygamy, that was actually, I, I was um, really, uh, it was a very neutral time in my life. We were going through uh, a lot of poverty and a lot of different things running from the government because, you know, that was, it wasn't legal at that point. So you were a child of polygamy, right? Yes and no. My parents converted to it. Okay. And, and it's just, don't do that. It's just a bad idea. But um, anyway, that's uh, what, how it set up my life. But I, I felt safe and I felt, I didn't really think much of the the difficult challenges we went through, like, you know, not having enough, enough to eat or not having heat or using an outhouse because my mom was kind of like my security and my safety. And because I had that, that security for me, those years were like an adventure to me. How old were you when they converted? Um, I, I was a year, year old. So you were to say a yearling. You... I've been around cows too long. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you knew. That's all I knew. And and that played into the next stage of my life. I mean, to me, polygamy was normal. If you didn't have more than one wife, I'm like, well, you're weird, you know? And and so that's what made the next stage of my life when I went into the dairy farming. Because um, like I said, you know, the polygamy seemed actually very normal to me. The dairy farming, which you would think would be kind of fun, was actually, that was probably one of the harder parts of my life because I my parents split up at that point and that was the transition. And then I found myself uh, living, uh, I, I was supposed to be with my mom because she had custody over me, but because of parental alienation and uh, other things like that, I was conditioned to, be, to go against her, <clears throat> my security, the one who got me through the other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself living with my grandparents on my father's side. And then that, that's where my challenges really began in a way. And I think the best, the, the best and simplest way that I can explain that chapter of my life is by just uh, introducing, showing the movie uh, Tangled. If you've ever watched Tangled with Rapunzel, I just watched <clears> it the other night with my that, grandchildren. I, I almost have a hard time watching that movie because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my life. <laughs> but basically, to sum it up, um, I, I was very isolated for whatever reason. I was pulled out of school because the adults in my life are like, oh, you know, that's going to be the best thing for you. You're going to be able to, you'll teach yourself. Um, you don't, they, they I, I was given this false reality on what, what life really was that the outside world was, was uh, dangerous. And I mean, that, that song mother knows best. I mean, oh my heavens, that is so my, my life. But um, yeah, I was, I, I was pulled out of school at fifth grade and I had to teach myself and it's not, that's not homeschooling. Homeschooling is where you have an adult guiding you through what your curriculum is. They're putting curriculum in front of you. I was supposed to find it for myself, which put a lot of stress on, on me, but I was, I was, I believed that it was best for me that I was happier that way. Cause that's what I was told to believe. I, this false uh, narrative was, was built up in front of me. Um, but the other big thing that um, I have in common with Rapunzel that I, I want to point out is that Rapunzel's prison was never the tower. It was actually the, um, the, the emotional and mental uh, barriers that were put up because of uh, Mother Gothel. And that is exactly what it was for me. I was told that I was an adult at 10 years old, <laughs> that I, I had the freedom to choose for myself, that it was my choice to stay out of school. And the, it was, mm -hmm. and, and so there was all Very these- Very distorted from actual legitimate homeschooling. Yeah, there, was, there were a lot of things that I was being told that just weren't real. But, and so, but I was just told that, oh, that you're happier this way. There's so many, look at all the blessings that you have in your life because of this. But there, it was, there was a big cognitive dissonance that it was not what I was feeling. And that was the blessing is that 
yes, there was this false narrative that I was feeling up here that, that was kind of like my invisible walls keeping me on the farm, but the emotions underneath were still raw and real. And that's where my music and my art and my, my cow, I, I look at those three things. We had 150 cows, but there was this one, one that I've got on my shirt here, who is my best friend who helped me out with so much. Those three things were the, uh, what helped me break out of that um, false reality and start to realize that there was a lot more to my experience than what I was thinking it was. How old were you when you and this cow developed this sweet bond? Well, when, if you were to look at my cartoons, you would think that it was, I was just a little kid, but I was actually 20. Mm -hmm. but, but that's, I think, uh, it just goes to show the mental state I was in. Um, I feel like I got to the age 16 and then I stayed there until I was like, 30. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't leave the dairy until I was 23. I was old enough to have been, you know, if I, to have gone to college and done all of these things. But um, I, I was given this sense of, I, I had become a, an asset on the farm at that point, I had become the main cow milker. And if I left, it would have fallen to pieces. And so I, the, I, I had had a little bit of freedom earlier on before I had become one of the main milkers. But as soon as I took on that role, suddenly any time I, I showed any interest in wanting to do something outside, even if it was just hang out or at a friend's or, or go to some um, social event that all the kids were going to, I, I would be um, kind of shamed or discouraged. Mm -hmm. And just it, it wouldn't it, to make it my choice to, you know, I'd, I'd rather not go because I don't want to have to go through that emotional uh, process of the, the abuse kind of thing to, to do it. It's not worth it. And so, um, that kind of, uh, sums up how I was, why I never left. I, I got stuck at feeling like I was 16 without any rights. Well, and you, and yet told that you were happy about it. Yeah. And, and that, that was the biggest thing that, that cognitive dissonance, oh, aren't you so lucky to have this? Look at this thing, uh, pointing out all the things about what the experience that I had, which there were great things. I mean, you look at Rapunzel going back to that analogy. I mean, she she wasn't un, un, uh, unhappy where she was. She was getting to Mother Gothel buy her paints and and then she could learn all these things, read books. She could basically spend her time however she wanted <clears throat> as long as she didn't break the one rule, which was leave the tower or mm -hmm. think about wanting to leave the tower. And that, that was basically my life. And mm. so... But like I said, uh, it was the <clears throat> realizing that, oh, you know, I'm my when I started getting into my art and my music, it was actually two very traumatic emotional experiences that were the catalyst that started me doing my art and then doing my music as well, a way of so processing. Powerful. I love it. Art <laughs> yeah. therapy and music therapy are such powerful tools to access emotions that are being repressed and stuffed down. So how old yes. were you when you started writing music? I was 20. And I mean, mm. I came from a very musical family. I could play guitar. I could sing. I would, you know, be singing. They told me they could hear me singing three blocks down the road. And I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but I would sing to the cows and that. And it, but it wasn't until I had a couple of really traumatic experiences with my, uh, that with these things that made me pick up art and pick up music as a way to process. And mm -hmm. it was such a wonderful way to, to do that. And well, we will be right back more with your story, Kristen. And thank you so much for being willing to share that with all of us. I'm excited to delve into this journey with you. We'll be right back with Joy Coaching America, Karen Lynn Grant.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. I'm here interviewing Kristen J. Lloyd, who is the composer and lyricist for her song, My Brave, as well as a hundred other songs that she's composed. And Kristen, we were just talking about your story and how often I think God lets us go through hard experiences because it's those experiences that catalyst us into becoming who we truly are and into performing our mission, our calling, our purpose. And I can see already just with the last segment, the hand of God in your life, entrusting you, in entrusting you with some very challenging circumstances growing up. And then kind of it, what, the picture that comes to my mind is being at a birthday party when I was a little girl and then putting a blindfold on me, spinning me around and then putting a tail in my hand and saying, no, go pin the tail on the donkey <laughs> and being just swerving all around and, and not knowing of my, you know, not even having a sense of my own in equilibrium. And I, it feels like that's kind of what happened to you. They, they put a blindfold on you and covered your eyes to the world and then spun you around and said, now go make sense of all of this. Yes. And you found the donkey and you pinned the tail right in the right spot. And boy, was it just luck. No, I mean, no, it was, it was really just divine intervention, but it I, is divine intervention. And I've seen enough life experience to recognize that God God knows your resiliency and he knows your spirit and he knew that you would find your way through this maze and create your gift. And so you were just mentioning how you had used music and about at age 20, used music and art as therapies to process emotions. And and so just jump right in here with me and, and continue sharing. All right. Well, um, like I had said before, um, the state that I was in, I was in this state of consciously, I was content and happy with where I was. That was what I was being conditioned to, to see and believe. And, and, and I don't want to say that this, like the people who did this were doing it intentionally. It's just kind of the way that things happen. And I think that's just how life is. And it's unfortunate. It just kind of happens that way sometimes, but any, in any case, consciously, I was in this state of, oh, I'm happy. There's nothing wrong with my life. But subconsciously, I was like, why is it that I still feel this loss and this sense of I'm abandoned and I'm, I'm all alone and I, and I don't have a, I'm, I, no one is, is here for me. You know, I, I was feeling all these things very subtly, but it was like, because things were a little bit better when I was younger on the dairy, I didn't really pay much attention to it. It's just like, I'd have my little depression cry episodes and I'm like, okay, it's just because of what happened before, but I didn't realize it was because of what was happening now. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until things started getting a little bit tougher when I was actually the head of, of the dairy and I had a lot more responsibilities and the control over my life was getting tighter. I was getting older and at an age where I was free to go, I was, you know, I was in my twenties and yet I felt like I was 16 still that I didn't have that freedom. And so the contrast between this reality that I had been given and what my emotions were genuinely feeling that was different, it was starting to, uh, uh, conflict. And that's when, um, I had a couple of different experiences and I won't get into the details of them, but two very, um, emotionally, uh, significant things that were just like really big emotional uh, ordeals to process. And 
I, with each one, it, it was like the catalyst that started me as drawing to, to make sense of it. And I started uh, drawing to make sense of this thing that had happened. And I realized, wow, this drawing thing is fun. And I found myself drawing cartoons and things of, of characters from TV shows that I re resonated with. And so I could draw them breaking through their challenges. And it was mm. just, I was like, I don't know why I'm so attracted to this show and, and drawing these characters doing all these things, but boy, it's just so validating and I love it. And then the same thing happened uh, about a year or two later when I had a, a really uh, tough experience happen that was very unexpected that propelled me into writing my first, well, it wasn't my first song, but I consider it my first song that was genuinely me from the heart. And, um, and then I was like, wow, I have no idea where that song Speaking came from. Speaking from your inner voice, right? Yes. And Telling your truth. Yes. And, and that one was called Wash It Away, the, the, the song that came from that. But that started me on this journey of going back and forth. One day I'd be writing songs, the next day I'd be drawing cartoons. And I just, I, it gave me a distraction and helped me be able to develop my ability to feel what I was genuinely feeling underneath the surface so that when things got tougher later on, I could realize oh, wow, there, this, this perfect world that I've been told I live in is not real. And um, that really came to a head when uh, the mm. dairy star started going under. But um, I, I want to make sure that I get to this story uh, it, that I was fortunate enough to meet up with somebody who um, had basically uh, recommended a book to me called The Jackrabbit Factor. And to quickly summarize what I got out of this book was that there were basically two steps to finding what would truly make you happy that the, that the Lord uh, wants, wanted you to have for happiness. There was one, you had to be able to identify whether or not you uh, were happy and then what that thing would be to give you happiness. In the book, the analogy is that the, uh, a jackrabbit is represents your pure happiness. And once you have visualized what your jackrabbit looks like, it feels like, smells like, if you want, I don't know. As soon as you have visualized what this jackrabbit, how it looks and lives and breathes, the next step is the hardest one. It's where you take your life map that is mapping to where you think your jackrabbit is. You crumple that up and then you get a new map and you say, okay, Lord, you write out the, the, uh, the map for this to get me to the jackrabbit, even if it takes me through fire and brimstone and who knows what else. That's like, oh no, that's terrifying. I don't want to take that route. But that, that's the next step is having the courage to give him that map, let him map out, chart out your path, and then you have the courage to take it. And that was basically what happened to me. I, I read that book. I was so inspired. And then I, I mean, I, I finally started visualizing for the first time in the years that I'd been on the dairy. I had been very content, like, okay, I, I'm happy with milk and cows. I don't need any life beyond this. It got me to finally start thinking out, outside of my life there, thinking about me. What do I want that isn't milking cows? And I was uh, farming one day out uh, swath and hay, and I was just going crazy thinking about, oh, I could be an animator. I could do this. I could do that. I could live to this place and that place. And I mean, I'm thinking in ways I'd never done it. And I know that the Lord uh, sent me this sign as a way to show me you're heading in the right direction. Don't forget this concept that you're getting from this book. Because um, while I was swathing, I had, uh, I literally had a jackrabbit, a living, breathing jackrabbit jump from the field uh, and into my path. And I got out to shoo it away because I'm like, well, I'm not going to swath my jackrabbit. The Lord brought me. Well, I didn't really mean literally. I was kind of thinking animation and these other things. <laughs> and I went down there to, to shoo the jackrabbit away. And he was still there just breathing, just like, you can't see me. And I got this prompting, 
you need to go, you need to pet that jackrabbit. And I'm like, you know, yes, it's a wild jackrabbit. It's going to jump away. But I heated it. And I, I kid you not, I stroked that jackrabbit's back. He, of course, he jumped away and he's like, I can't believe you did what I just thought you think you did. And, but it was a sign that you're on the right track. Keep visualizing your jackrabbits, but don't be afraid to take the next step. <clears throat> and I was, and make peace with your jackrabbit. And yes, and fi- to find my jackrabbit. It, I had figured out what it was, but now I had to have the courage to let the Lord basically dump my life out the way it was that I thought was this perfect world that my safety was place that I was comfortable in, which it wasn't perfect, but it was the only place I was comfortable in this uh, not so good situation to be willing to let him dump that out and then chart a new path for me. And um, things uh, a few months later, I won't get too, into too much detail. My life got so bad. The the farm was going under so bad that, I mean, I, I still have nightmares about the, mm-hmm. the trauma that I went through. Yeah. And I remember uh, being out trying to save another cow's life or things like that, or just going out and feeding. And we lost so many. It was just a very devastating time. I, I was thinking about the jackrabbit factor, thinking about that moment, petting the jackrabbit. And I'm like, what's keeping, holding me back? And I realized, you know, I'm just afraid to let him dump out my life and, and start path, uh, chart me a new path. And so in that moment, I'm like, I'm ready for that step. And basically they said in the book, you basically say a, a prayer of gratitude for what that, jack, the things, and you describe what your jackrabbit is that, and for me, it was having a place that I was comfortable, having, having people who loved me, who were genuinely supported me for me, that my family was taken care of if I left, things like that. And I, I had this heartfelt prayer and within uh, just days, I was getting prompted to do things I never would have in a million years had the guts to do, but I had that resolve and I just had that um, encouraged from the, encouragement from the spirit. I did those things. And then uh, three months later, I went from being a trapped farm girl in Idaho to a young woman in Midway, Utah, who has had a little bit of a future. And I was robbing trains. (laughs) It was just that it was like the weirdest thing to go from that place to to that. But it was I'm so grateful for that. And so that is an incredible journey. And there's so many comments that I could make on that. And I would love to, I just, I see such a a winding story and such an amazing gift of brave that you have deep down inside you. And so the song came from that. And we're going to be back after these messages to hear your song. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I have the privilege and the honor of interviewing Kristen J. Lloyd. And what an amazing story this is. And as I listen to your story, I totally can see the hand of God resting on the 16-year-old girl's shoulder. You said you felt like you were 16 for many years. Yeah, and, about six or seven years. <laughs> yes, and you know, 
we do get frozen, don't we? We get frozen in time and then we get to go and by the hand of God, that, that froze, that frozen state is melted and we wake up and beautiful things begin to happen. I love how Kristen's been sharing with all of us, how she used art as therapy, music as therapy to process her own inner voice, her own inner emotions, when the rest of her world, the nucleus of her world was telling her, you're happy, you're happy here, you're happy with things the way they are, you don't need anything more, this is it, this is life, and yet she listened to her spirit, you listened to your spirit, Kristen, and your voice told you, your inner voice, your inner divine, beautiful spirit, your what I call the divine essence within you, began to talk back and say, nope, this isn't all that there is. And there is so much more to me. There's so much more to my life. And you discovered that through the gift of songwriting. And so Kristen wrote a song called My Brave and Dr. John Skidmore introduced me by sending me a YouTube link. So go to YouTube, look up Kristen with an E, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-J Lloyd, and go and search for My Brave. But Today, we have a special gift. Kristen's going to sing it for us live. We were going to play it and just let you hear it, but I want you to hear the emotion, the feeling right in the moment of Kristen's song, My Brave. It's a song that rang true to me. There's parts and pieces of your story, Kristen, that I really resonate with. I think that uh, there's so many people that well and that you're going to find that you have people that are standing up and cheering and applauding the gifts that you have created and cultivated the talents that you've created and cultivated so that you could work your way from what they told you was happiness into a brave new world. So here we go, Kristen. Afraid of bugs, afraid of heights, afraid of cold and dark long nights alone. I couldn't stand to be alone. Afraid to fail, afraid to be the one I know is inside of me till this. I never ever could have prepared for this. It took a little fear to find my brave, but I stood my ground. Even in the rain, I surprised me. I found the brave inside of me. I still can't believe or understand how my David beat Goliath with his own two hands. But now I'm standing here because, wow, I must have been braver than I thought I was. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't jump, they say, don't try. You're better off watching your life roll by from here. 
So why do I want to get out of here? Just play it safe, they say, and play it still. Cause there's a big cliff beyond that hill. You'll fall. But what if I lost it and gained it all? It took a little fear to find my brave, but I stood my ground. Even in the rain, I surprised me. I found the brave inside of me. I still can't believe or understand how my David beat Goliath with his own two hands. But now I'm standing here because, wow, I must have been braver than I thought I was. Braver than the dark, the damp, the cold. I found my brave, my strong, my bold. Just when I thought I couldn't win, I met the me within. It took a little fear to find my brave, but I stood my ground even in the rain. I surprised me. I found the brave inside of me. I still can't believe or understand how my David beat Goliath with his own two hands. But now I'm standing here because, well, I must have been braver than I thought I was. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah. Absolutely beautiful, Kristen. Absolutely beautiful. So grateful for that beautiful, all the pictures that I, this time I, this is about my fourth time hearing this song and I just listen and I hear and I love what I hear. I love what I see. And it all makes sense as I've heard about your life, the cliff and, and beyond that hill and, and what you truly escaped. You well, escaped major um, conditioning. And, and really, you know, as funny as it is, I didn't really, it, it wasn't until like yesterday morning that I was actually I, I did a bunch of researching to figure out, okay, well, why didn't I leave? Why, you know, to really understand this concept when I wrote the the lyrics for the second verse where, you know, don't jump, they say, don't, cr don't try. I, it, it took me a while before I was like, wait a minute, I'm talking about the dairy. I thought I was talking about the experience that happened years later that prompted this, the story, the song, my brave, it was uh, my, like the final uh, standing up to something, one of my greatest fears. And it was long after the dairy, but I, it was uh, then that I realized, wow, the, the elements of this song, my brave go much deeper than just this one event. It goes clear back into my childhood. And I think that you were finding your brave all along. Yes. And what I see is an onion peeling uh -huh. and then these layers, these layers of new brave and just 
peeling that back and finding more brave and peeling another layer back and finding even more. And I, I like how you say uh, finding it again and find, finding it more because that's one point I want to make is that it's you, you don't just like find it once and then you are brave for the rest of your life. It doesn't work like that. You're constantly having to find your brave in every new moment. And it's so it's important to give yourself some grace when you are still afraid of things. It's like, well, yeah, you find your brave in this place, but you've still got to find it in this one. And it's a celebration every time. It's so true. Uh, We can become confident in one area and still feel very lack of lack of courage in another area. And so I would like to I know we're going to be able to start this and then we're going to have to come back some more to it. But how did you find your brave to be a a, a train robber. Well, actually, that was probably one of the easier things. It was it was really an interesting thing. And I think the best way to um, say it was I, I had wrapped up my identity in being a farm, a farm girl and then I lost it. I mean, the dairy basically, they, they ended up selling it. But in my mind, I had failed it. And so mm-hmm. Kristen was a failure. Kristen was all these bad things. When I became a train robber, I became a crazy Annie train robber. And I was a different identity. And there was something about building an identity uh, that wasn't myself and building confidence in this other person that I, I realized that I had to find myself by becoming someone else, becoming this rough and rugged train robber before I finally realized that, wait, all this time, I've just been Kristen. That rough and rugged train robber was just the same farm girl. It's just she's going by a different name. And so really, I think that's the biggest thing was uh, finding myself through becoming Crazy Annie and making babies cry, which I mean, oh, <laughs> oh hey, I've, I've made them pee their pants. I mean, oh, goodness gracious. So, and we're going to find out what she's talking about when she says that she was a train robber. <laughs> There's more to that than, than you might imagine at this moment. We'll be right back after these messages. We're Joy Coaching America in a whole new way today with Kristen J. Lloyd. To Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America, and this is Carolyn Grant interviewing Kristen J. Lloyd. This has been such a really fun interview because behind the scenes, we've got so much going on. <laughs> There's so much of life happening in this room as we're recording this show today, and it's been a lot of fun. But on my lap is a brand new Golden Doodle puppy. And so after hearing Kristen sing this song for some friends that came over to my house right before we started recording, my little puppy was right here and he has been nameless for a couple of days. And so I said, Kristen, can I just name him brave? Because he, (laughs) he's having, he's a little timid boy and he's one of the sweetest little hearts and spirits. And I, I think of how you were sharing about your cow Mm -hmm. and how animals are therapy as well. You talk about you know, the art therapy, you talk about the music therapy, and then animals being such a therapy and your cow was such a gift to you. Yeah, and I don't, God. and I don't know if I really mentioned a whole lot about that. But um, just to 
the the part that she played i mean there was one moment in particular where i was feeling especially worthless i was like out in the barn feeding the cows just in tears crying like you know not feeling unwanted and and like i i was just worthless and that you know because this one family member that who really meant a lot to me didn't seem to want to have any seemed to care because this person wasn't in my life. They were with other, some, um, someone else. I, I just felt abandoned and uh, helpless. And I was, I was just sitting there and I looked across the barn and I could see Honeybee and she's just sitting there looking at me with her adorable little look. And, and I'm just like, she's just a cow. She doesn't understand what I'm feeling. And I was just so wrapped up in, in my pitying myself that I didn't pay attention to the fact that she walked all the way around the barn um because she i mean i was uh leaning up against another part of the barn that she could go to and before i real i realized it i had someone nudging me in the back and i looked and she had walked all the way around just wow. to come and nudge me and give me a little love and and i was like wow oh, you know i may not be the world to this person that i i wish i i was but boy, I sure seem to be the world to my my cow and and my dog because my dog also came over to sit next to me and he was he's an ADHD border collie so <laughs> he would never stay to let me pet him but he had also come over in that moment and I had them give me that love and it was like oh I do have value and it was just one of uh, one of many little moments that where uh, my cow and my dog helped me realize that I had more value than I thought I did. It is amazing how God works through animals. I love it. It really is. And I I share that that deep feeling and conviction about animals being beautiful therapy. And not not, not that we want to call it, categorize it as therapy, but they are unconditional love. And yes. they are deep and they are sensitive. Yes. And so um, I love that you shared that, Kristen. But I've left everybody on a cliffhanger <laughs> yes, wondering who this bank robber is. Well, and... no, no. Bank robbers go to jail. Train robbers get away. Okay. Train <laughs> robber. Excuse me, train robber. So tell us about how that came to be. So when I came to the Valley, uh, to Heber Valley, I, um, through some connections that I had, I ended up meeting the local train robber who was basically, uh, he would rob the train for the entertainment of the passengers. So it's it's basically a show. And he had just uh, lost his train robbing partner, his son, who was going to be moving down south. And so he was looking for another train robber. And he heard that I did gun spinning, trick roping, and whip cracking, which were the unique things I taught myself when I was growing up on the farm with responsible for my own education. And uh, so anyway, I, I had these, this skill set and he was like, Hey, you want to be a train robber? And I grew up on Western. So I was like, yes. And I, I robbed the train for nine years. That's how I met my husband. He was the conductor who was supposed to capture me. And by the end of that summer, he really caught me and we got married. And now we have a, a beautiful little uh, two-year-old daughter. And I mean, that I, I really feel it was that journey of um, becoming a train robber. It was, and I think we were talking about this during the break, that um, the, when I left the dairy, I, it was like I lost my identity. I had built my identity in being a farm girl who stayed to help and, and, and sacrificed her own wants to help the dairy live. And when it, uh, it basically died, they sold it and that because it was uh, going under it was like, I felt like I had failed and I, that Kristen was a failure. Kristen uh, was letting all, everybody That was down. your whole life. That, that was, was my, your whole identity. That was my whole identity. So I had this really negative view of Kristen. But then when I became the train robber, I became Crazy Annie, Crazy Annie with a K, K-R-A-Z-Y. And that Crazy Annie was this tough, nothing could get to her and, you know, make babies cry. Well, I'm not like that's a big accomplishment, but, um, you know, just 
that was my, uh, I, I developed this new identity and people loved Crazy Annie. So for me, it was like I was redeeming myself by becoming someone else. So I, I used to, for a while, I loved it when people called me Crazy Annie, but then I'd get anxious when they'd call me Kristen. And that was a journey in and of itself to realize, wait a minute, this whole time, Crazy Annie has been Kristen. It's just that she was hiding underneath. And so when I finally realized that, when I was at a place to have a little bit more love for Kristen, um, it was a very mm. important part of my journey to be able to, uh, well, and that's actually my transition right now is learning to put Crazy Annie to the side. That is still part of my identity on who I am. I was a train robber for nine years, but to to finally want to claim and own Kristen J. Lloyd and be the person that I, I was on the farm and that has come through all those challenges and to mm -hmm. love that part of myself. Well, and you're integrating all the many multifacets of you into the Kristen J. Lloyd, beautiful persona, who you are, and all of your divine gifts, the talents they told you to go teach yourself. You did. You learned gunslinging and, <laughs> yes. and all of that. And then you ended up using that as part of your gift, part of your talent, part of your career. And you ended up landing your husband. Yes, that. I know. Yeah. I mean, how many people can say that when they, when someone asks you, oh, how did you meet your husband? It's like, I pointed a gun at him. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's how it happens. And yeah, and then he tied me up and made, and put little kids in charge of me and made me sing for my freedom. And when you've just made them pee their pants, it does not work very well to get them to warm up to you. <laughs> and you know, what's really interesting is these tender, beautiful lyrics. And then you talk about this hard <laughs> kind of crass and crazy, well, Annie, but just all the parts and pieces. Well, and really the, the crazy Annie character was created. Well, first she was inspired by uh, calamity Jane from the fifties movie um, with Doris day. She really inspired me, but, but really that was that rough exterior that I had to adopt on the dairy to survive. Cause there were a lot of elements about being on the farm Absolutely. where I wasn't, I didn't feel respected as a woman. I didn't feel like I could, that there were a lot of those kinds of things that went on. And in order to not be teased, to be able to um, not be ma made fun, of for, you know, coming from a polygamous family, not going to school. I mean, there were a lot of things to pick on with me. The, the best way for me to step up and say, hey, don't mess with me was to outwork the boys and to stand up and, and be tough and wrestle. I mean, I, I still, there are still parts of me that I, I don't work very well with my shoulders and my knees because I got in and I would wrestle a, a 1500 pound cow's head to make sure that she got her medicine. Cause you know, trying to convince a, a, a cow to, to take their medicine is not an easy thing. You have to get real <laughs> physical with them. And so that is mm. the, that was that, that part of my identity of being losing my femininity to be, to kind of become someone respectable. And so that's been a journey too. coming oh. back to Kristen is learning to embrace my femininity as, and, and, and love the crazy Annie tomboy side of myself, but to finally love and embrace Kristen. Who I is love it. I love that you're embracing and integrating the, the strength and all the things that you developed to cope the survival skills, even maybe some defense mechanisms because you were going yep. through some traumatic things as a child. And now you are free to develop and to discover that inner, beautiful, divine, feminine woman that you are. Thank you. So this is such a beautiful journey. This is the work that I love to do as I joy coach women across America in helping us to let down the masquerading roles 
to mm-hmm. the fictitious identities that we claimed in order to get through the survival skills <laughs> exactly. and defense mechanisms. And then remember the divine essence, who we truly are. And you are you are just, oh, celebrating it all. And I love it. I love it. Thank you. I would love to have another chance to be with you to talk some more because there's so much more to Kristen J. Lloyd that I would love to interview, to talk with you about, as well as to hear some more of your songs, to air some more of your songs on Joy Coaching America. I think that your story gives so many people hope that no matter what your circumstances have been, no matter what it seems that God put you in the middle of or allowed you because he trusted that you would be resilient, that you would find your way out of that situation and that you would become the very best version of yourselves I think that this is such an incredible story. Now tell us a little bit. We've got two minutes left. Tell us about your your family, your Brave family. Yes. So recently I finally uh, found my Brave in... Um, it was basically trying to figure out how do I put myself out there with my music and my art. And I've always tried to do those two things separately by themselves, but it was always hard to do it. And I was like, what is missing? And I realized it was the courage to share my story with my art and my music to bring it all together, integration together. And so I have finally done that. And it's actually, things are actually happening now. I'm so excited. I've created a private community that I call my brave family. I, I didn't expect it. all this stuff to fall in line with my song. I was like, well, okay. It, but it's, I've been running with it and it's your theme and it's, it's already been helping so many people. And I'm just in awe at, at the people who are inspired by the song and then with my art together and hearing my story. Um, and so if you want to find it, you just have to go to my website at Kristen J Lloyd, which is, yeah, like you said, K R I S T E N J Lloyd, either on Facebook or Instagram, YouTube. And, um, there I am doing the best I can to make sure that the link to join my, uh, brave family is in all of those places. And basically I share, uh, my music, music, some aspects of my story, my cartoons, as much encouragement and inspiration as I can. I want it to be a place where people can come to get encouragement and inspiration with whatever they're dealing with. And to just the whole thing is to find your brave in on a day-to-day basis. So, well, I love it. And I think that it's going to be exciting for everybody out there who goes to join Kristen's brave family, that this is going to give everybody who feels drawn to that, an opportunity to kind of assess the things that you went through that maybe you feel ashamed about from childhood, that maybe didn't work for you, that you thought was supposed to make you happy, that didn't make you happy, and that now you get to choose to raise your vibration to joy in a whole new way by discovering who you truly are. And I think that the work that you're doing is going to be an impetus for many people to be able to go and discover, rediscover the truth about themselves, the truth about their divine qualities, their divine roles, their divine femininity, masculinity, whatever it is. Everybody, find your brave. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Thank you, Kristen. Mm-hmm.